You see, Moses knows what it's like to search for belonging. He is living this dual identity. He is a Hebrew man raised by Egyptians with Egyptian authority and privilege. But he is not Egyptian, not even a little bit. And he acknowledges the Hebrew people as his kin. And he is troubled by their treatment. But he himself is not experiencing that enslavement. So he does not know what it truly means to be Hebrew. He is living in this in-between space, tied to these two worlds and not really belonging to either. As a biracial person, I know what it's like to feel in this tension. As a child, I used to tell people, my mom is white and my dad is black and I am brown. <laughs> Even at a young age, I knew I didn't fully belong in either place. And when my father died when I was young, I had no contact with his side of the family. So I was raised only knowing the white side of my family. We would go to family gatherings and I would be a brown face in a sea of white. I went to a family reunion in rural Nebraska, first time on a farm. That was exciting. I'm from the city. Oblivious to this uh, farm life, um, I also didn't look like anyone else. It was obvious I didn't belong, that I wasn't a part of them. But then, again, living in a city, I went to school with brown and black people but I didn't belong to them either. I didn't have the same experiences or the family life or cultural customs. I was too white to understand them. I'm not white, yet I'm too white. I am in between, just longing for a place to settle, to belong, and to find people to accept me for who I am. Before I moved here, I got an invitation from my seminary to attend the Black Seminarian group. Um, and I was very, very excited about it. Uh, it was like a deep part of me was longing to be with other people that looked like me, a place where I would physically fit in and not have to worry about my brown skin or my curly hair. I told my mother and my grandmother about it one day at breakfast. And my grandmother was appalled. She did not understand why I would go. Because according to her, I was raised white. She didn't understand that despite how she thought she raised me, people did not see me and think, oh, she's white. I couldn't live with all of her white privileges because when I am no longer under her roof, I am no longer under her white protection. Mm -hmm. I need to find my own way, my own place to belong. And I'm sure I'm not the only one out there, the only one feeling and searching and yearning to find that one place where I can 100% be who I am and who God has made me and wants me to be. So Moses was an Egyptian, even though he was raised by Egyptians. He got some of the Egyptian privileges, but deep down his blood called out to his kin. And when he saw his Hebrew brothers being attacked, he had to defend them at all costs, even if that meant murder. Yet, after he did this act, after he showed his people which side he was on, they still didn't accept him. He 
He wasn't like them. He didn't labor day after day under the oppressive Egyptian eyes. In fact, they saw him as more Egyptian than Hebrew. So they chased him away for being too Egyptian. However, just as quickly as they took him in, the Egyptians turned on Moses and sought to kill him, forcing him to flee for his life. And that's when he found Midian. We don't know much about Midian. It was a peaceful city, not under Idris' rule. And then while he was finding his refuge in this space, he comes across these women, the daughters of a local priest, who are being chased away by some shepherds. These shepherds were stronger than these women and felt like they had priority to the water over these women who were there first. So again, Moses encounters people who are being unfairly treated and he steps in to defend them. He uses his natural affinity to help those who are being oppressed. And because of this natural ability, Moses builds relationships with this family and marries one of the daughters. It is here where he finally finds belonging. In her TED talk, Emily Eshvahani Smith quotes psychologist Martin Seligman, who says meaning comes from belonging to and serving something beyond yourself and from developing the best within you. So belonging has two parts. It is connecting to something that is greater than yourself. For us, that could be seeking belonging through relationship with God, knowing that we are a child of God, made in the image of God, and connected to God in a way that goes way beyond human understanding. God knows where we belong, knows what we are meant to be. We don't have to go out and strive for belonging with God. God has already set a place for us. We just need to believe that there is a place for us and find ways to remind ourselves of God's grace. It reminds me of what Rosario was talking about, is like leaving space for God, leaving space for God to work with us and through us to find that belonging. We're so quick to fill that space with things, with things that don't provide meaning, don't provide true belonging, things that are shallow and hollow. Uh, but we need to remember to keep that space open and keep our spirits open to how God might lead us, direct us, and connect us to someone else. The second part is developing the best within you. This means within you, you already have the tools that you need to find belonging and meaning. You just have to seek out and look for that. That means to be true to yourself. It means to be true to the things that you have that connect you to other people. According to Smith, true belonging means being in relationships where you are valued for who you are intrinsically and where you value others as well. So this doesn't mean finding a place that accepts you because you know how to say the right things or dress the right way or own the right things, but find a place that accepts you the way you are, loves you the way you are, because it is love that creates true belonging. And I'm not just talking about romantic love, as if you can only find belonging in a romantic partner, as so many try. I'm talking about a different kind of love, a deep love that comes from the right place or the right people that have connected you to the very soul and who just feel right. 
Belonging is not a passive act. It doesn't just happen. It is a choice. It is a choice one must make to claim a space as their own. But it is also a choice that we must make to make ourselves hospitable to others. We must assess our own behaviors to see if we are making room to accept others who they are unconditionally. So not only do we seek our own belonging, we need to be open to the ways God is using us and working through us to help others find their place of belonging. I was reading a Bible commentary, and it said God wasn't actively present or at work at this part of the narrative. And I have to disagree. While God might not have been so in your face as a burning bush, which we'll talk about next week, God was certainly present in this part of the story. I believe it was God who led Moses to Midian. How else did Moses know to go to this particular town at just the right time? Sure, we don't know much about the town. Maybe Moses knew the town's reputation of being safe. Or maybe this was just the point where Moses had to take a break and rest before continuing his journey. But regardless of the circumstance, Moses ended up here at the well just as the priest's daughters needed help as they were being harassed by the shepherds. Now, if I was Moses and I had just killed someone and I was being hunted for murder, I would have kept a low profile, kept my nose to the ground, and stayed out of trouble. You don't know who these shepherds were. But instead, Moses, being who Moses was, got up and confronted those men and defended these women. That is God using Moses' very character to interfere and do what was right, despite what it could have cost him. It was God who worked through this priest to invite Moses into his home. He didn't have to do that. He was like, oh, cool, this random Egyptian dude helped you. That's so nice of him. But instead, he's like, no, bring him in. Bring him into our house. Break bread with him. In the end, what Moses did pays off. He found refuge. He found belonging. While Moses longed for belonging, I'm not sure he was seeking it in that moment. He was just trying to find freedom and safety. But God had other plans. God led him to the very space that he needed to be to find true belonging. So God doesn't always need to work through a big burning bush to use us and guide us to real purpose. God can use little moments, little subtle inklings to lead us in the direction that we are meant to be. God led Moses to Midian and to that well and to Zipporah, his new wife. Verse 22 says that they have a baby and they name him Gershom. For he said, I have been an alien residing in a foreign land. Names are very important in the Bible. So take note when they say a name, they name something for purpose. It usually um, has a deeper meaning. So when he says, I am an alien in a foreign land, it's indicating something bigger. Here Moses is naming his son and saying that he is no longer a part of Egypt. He has found a new place of belonging. He has found a new land that has welcomed him in and helped him belong. This belonging and bringing into God's longing is God's will. God does not want us 
to find our place of belonging, but bring others in with us. This last year taught us anything. We know that as a nation, we have a problem with hospitality. This week, we have been bombarded by news reports of the deplorable racist remarks made by the leader of the country. And honestly, should we even be surprised anymore? Time and time again, this man has showed us that under his regime, racism and xenophobia will prevail, and the United States will be even more inhospitable for people who are brown, black, and foreign. When I said that biracial people know what it's like to live in the in-between, immigrants and the children of immigrants also have a very real understanding of this feeling to be a citizen of one country, but to live in another. A dear friend of mine, a second generation immigrant from Puerto Rico, her parents moved to the States and she was raised here. And despite growing up in the United States, she was a proud Puerto Rican. However, she would talk about how difficult it is for her to go back to Puerto Rico to visit family, because her cousins would tell her that her accent was funny or that she acted differently. She was American now. She was stuck in the in-between. So how can we learn to be with others in that space? How can we be welcome for people to bring them out of that space? While I am saddened and disgusted by the events of this week, I've also seen so many beautiful things come out of the news reports. I have seen people come together and share stories of triumph and success from the countries that were insulted. My Facebook feed is full of pictures and videos of people showing the beauty in these countries. And I'm not just talking about the physical beauty of the landscape, but of the culture and the community strength. I have seen businesses post signs of support and saying that we cannot let this man's behavior define who we are as a nation. We need to reclaim the words on the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free the wretched refuse of the teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest toss to me. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I lift my lamp beside the golden door. We need to break bread with the man who just showed up to your doorstep fleeing for his life, for defending his oppressed brothers. Because just as we long for belonging, we will encounter others who are desperate of refuge. God has called us to something great. God has made a place of belonging for you. Maybe you have found it. Maybe you're still searching. Maybe someone is waiting for you to reach out and make space or to make a connection. So be open to try something new. Maybe join a new small group. <laughs> Maybe find a new community. Because here at UBC, I've been working here since September, and I've noticed that it seems to be a place of people searching for belonging and finding it amongst each other, or still seeking it and getting one step closer amongst each other. So I want to uh, applaud you all for that work, and I want you to continue to seek ways that you can help others find that connection, find that belonging, find that place of what God has called us to do as a church and as a 
the people of God. So in 2018, as we go out and search for meaning, ask yourself, where are you looking for belonging? And how can we help those around us who also long for a place of belonging? Thank you.